Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by Seat Geek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we're doing our wide receiver preview for the 2022 NFL Draft Class, which is fun. Justin, you know, we're going to get into the receivers in, in a minute here, but doing the receivers is tough because it's like you can't really hit the top 15 and be set. Like, the, like it's so deep. And, I, and this is an every-year occurrence, and, and this year lacks, like, that alpha-like dog. Um, and then like you had a, a year like last year where you had essentially three alpha dogs with, uh, Chase Waddle and Devonte Smith. And it was the first time three receivers were in the top 10, but it's like, man, it's, we're, we're going to be talking about guys who might go in the sixth round. And it's like, I feel like this guy can come in and contribute like year one, year two. Hey, Bobby, you know, listening to some draft podcasts, uh, th- this draft season. And there are some people that are making the point of wide receiver may become almost like the new running back where, they can be taken kind of whenever and kind of come in and 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 be okay with you. Now, wide receiver definitely is a little bit more valuable than running back. And, you know, I there's teams where you're going to take wide receivers round one and you're going to feel really, really good about that. But also you're going to take wide receivers, like you said, rounds four and five and look at their athletic profile and even look at some of their production that they had in college and be like, hey, why not? This guy can do good. And what what's really happening, at least in my opinion, Guys are getting more athletic, and college coaches are doing a really, really great job of viewing these athletes and how can I use this guy? And it isn't just kind of stuck to a system, stuck in their ways. There's a lot of coaches that are doing good jobs with that, and I'm excited to look at the guys that we're going to be breaking down today, but there's also a crap ton of guys that we're not going to be talking about that are really, really good too. And there's a, it's a position where you you can be successful in different types of ways. Like, okay, you got your slack guys, you got your outside guys, you got your possession guys, you got your burners, you got your contested. Like, there's there's so much variety in what to choose of. And I think with the, you know, we're gonna talk about there's like a consensus like top six or seven. We're gonna talk about uh, three or four of those. But then it's like you know what? There's a guy uh, from Cincinnati who I think belongs in that top conversation who mm. I have, you know, as the fourth wide receiver in this entire class. Um, and then, you know, then you get your value guys. Hell, you know, a guy we're not going to talk about Justin Ross. We talked about him in our way too early 2020, uh, draft preview. Uh, you know that you remember, remember we did that. Like we talked about, yes. we talked about Justin Ross over two, essentially over two years ago on this podcast. Uh, you know, sky Moore, someone that we're not going to talk about. Cause it's like, we, we just can't hit every single guy. So, nope. It's it's a very fun class, uh, and some very fun people that uh, are, are part of a class of uh, society that is just way above the rest. Mm. Is Brian Handy? He's a handyman. <laughs> he likes the handies. Mm. And then we got Gregory Stafe Vader, Darth Vader's uh, uh, cousin. There's actually no relation there. Justin, who are these people? If you want a handy, Go to patreon.com slash talking giants. Um, you, you may, you may get one on the same day. Um, if you get one on the same day, there may be a correlation to signing up to be a Patreon member, but I don't know. Patreon.com. Show this to your significant other and be like, all right, uh, I just signed up for Patreon. Now let's yeah. do this. All right. I just made a really smart decision for only $2 a month. Yeah. You let's might get, do this. It, it might be considered prostitution, but I mean, you get a hand for $2 a month or just $2. 
are you saying that you'll that you'll give? No, you, you oh. put you you show it to your 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 significant other. All right, um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about these wide receivers in a second, but we're gonna talk about another wide receiver, Kadarius Tony, at the start on something that should have just died off after one day, um, and it, it is not because Kadarius Tony's trainer won't shut up. Uh, his name is Steph Brown, right? Well, you called him Steve, so yeah, that was a little too disrespectful. I, I looking back, I was like, that was a little too disrespectful. I, I hate doing this at the beginning of a draft pod, but it's kind of like a in the mud of talking Giants. Hey, well, so, this is the the point of the beginning part of the show. Before we get to the draft previews, we talk about news, and this is newsworthy. We were called out by Kadarius Tony's coach, and and the entire world fought back against him. <laughs> yeah, talking Giants. First of all, we had the world on our on our side for this. Well, first, you know, Wes Steinberg, you know, the fake parody account obviously had the the tweet saying like, oh, he skipped the, you know, the meetings to go to a party. And then his trainer posts the most bizarre video of them training like in the woods, essentially, <laughs> uh, uh, with a jugs machine, you know, like, like literally in a backyard where it's like Tony's not even running routes. She's like, it's like, it's, and I, I, can, I kind of can understand the drill. Cause it's like okay, he's at the stem of his route. All right, balls come, be, like being ready for the ball, but also you could spin it to like all right, you don't even have enough room in this backyard to run routes because there's trees, like there's just a forest you're right in front of. It's like okay, whatever. You got fooled by Wes Steinberg. Not the worst thing in the world. And then you put out a clip of us talking about him on last Tuesday's podcast, where our criticism was very light of just being. And and in the video said, "Don't be outraged about this, but don't ignore all the signs with Tony." Yeah. And his, his train and I still like Tony. Like the reason I'm not going hard is because I do like Tony. It was Coach Steph? What's annoying is two grown men speaking on another grown man about what he does to make a living. We when neither one of you have been in a meeting, practice, weight room, or training session with him. He's more than fine. He's working hard. When the time comes, he'll be ready. I actually didn't see this for a while, and then I quote tweeted it. Was like, all right, am I going to be mad about this or joke? I'm like, yeah, right, let me joke. And I said, what's annoying is a grown man speaking on another grown man about what he does. To make a living, whether you haven't, when you haven't been in a podcast studio, my mm. office, or Charlotte, North Carolina, which I'm sure the North Carolina thing threw them off. We're more than fine. We're working hard, and I don't need the time to come because I'm always ready. And then finish it. To be real, our support for Tony has been very loud and has said not to be outrushed. This is like criticism for a small issue. Comes with the territory, Steve, which is where I, I might have been a little too disrespectful. Yeah. You were fine until you called him Steve. His trainer's not doing him any favors. Like no. you're, make, you're making it work. Like we talked about it. We said it's a very light issue. It's a small thing. Don't be outraged about it. We had moved on after the next day. Like it's not a big deal. It's one of those things that gets talked about. You know, maybe a little more than it deserves because it's in the off season. There's nothing going on. And then they and he just won't shut up. He won't shut up, dude. It's like let it go away. Like you, you know. Anyways, there. And the more that he talks about Kadarius Tony not being there the more people are going to talk about Kadarius Tony not being there. That's that's the thing. Where if he just lets it go, then okay, Kadarius Tony doesn't show up till day one of voluntary workouts. We're gonna talk about it, but then we'll stop talking about it. But he keeps talking about it, so then everyone else will keep talking about it. Just was all time funny. I was like, are you serious right now? Um and usually I, did, I was surprised as he called us grown man. I thought he'd take like some pot shots and be like you know, these two freaking bloggers or I appreciate you know, the, typ- that. The, the typical stuff. Because, you know, people call me a child all the time. So I appreciate being called a a grown man. But it was funny how he was saying how we were critiquing him at his livelihood, even though we're not there. 
but he was doing the same thing to us. So I, I, I found that that was ironic, but I don't even care. Like I, I, oh, it doesn't, it, I was more laughing. It's just like, you realize you're hurting yourself right now. Yeah. Joking. And I shout out to, you know, the, you know, our, our, our TG community for, I mean, just every single reply was like, you know, you don't know what you're doing with the, you, you don't want to, you don't want to be against, and it's not even like we're against, we're not against Tony. We're not really we love against Tony. We freaking we his love shirts. Tony. We made an award after him. Yeah. I love his personality. I look forward to his, pre- I like Tony. I'm just not going to be, I'm not because the fact that I like him is not going to lead me to be, be ignorant and ignore everything. It was a it was a life comes full circle moment. Coach of Kadarius Tony comes at the media who created the media some clown shirt in support of Kadarius Tony. It was like life comes full circle. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, let's talk about some wide receivers and guys who are going to be gunning possibly for Kadarius Tony's uh, catches, yards, and touchdowns. Go ahead. But I have a I have a question first, and it's with Giants stuff, and then we can get to maybe specific wide receivers. Is there a specific kind of wide receiver that you are looking for the Giants to pick up during this draft process and during this draft? Or are you right now like, hey, Giants are probably going to draft the wide receiver second round after third, fourth, fifth round, and I don't really care what kind of player they get, but if they just get a good wide receiver. Where where are you on that? I would definitely like just a good wide receiver, but if, if we're talking types, I would like that outside X receiver. Shep is still here. Um, Tony is not limited to, to the slot, but you know, his, he can, he can run the, he can be essentially just our slot receiver once Shepard's gone, even though you're going to always put Tony outside as well. Um, you know, you got a Galladay. I think it'd be nice to have that separate X receiver because guess what? Teams shaded safeties over the top to Galladay all year long and it stopped the Giants from attacking deep downfield, you know, and not because those, you know, just now that's halfway Jason Garrett, but also it's like, you know, you can have it. We saw Slayton beginning of the season be like, okay, you got, you have the safety shaded over the top yeah. and then Slayton kind of fell off. Like, you know, we always said Slayton, uh, Galladay helped Slayton more than any uh, player on the team, not named Daniel Jones, which looked to be really true through the first month of the season. But I'm looking for a more balanced 2019 Darius Slayton kind of receiver. That is that that is exactly what I'm what I'm looking for. There's some contested catch guys in this class. Um, you can argue that Pickens is like Kenny Galladay 2.0. Um, there's a lot of slot guys that it's like, well, you have the same kind of similar skill set to Kadarius Tony. So is that redundant or not? I don't know. But a more well-rounded Darius Slate in 2019 version. That is the kind of receiver that I'm looking for. And some of these guys like Watson, um, Alec Pierce, I feel like they fit that perfectly and we're going to talk about some specific guys right now but i wanted to get your take on that and i and i'm in lockstep with you right all right let's start it off at the top with um these aren't my rankings uh maybe i can do a quick rundown of the rankings of players i have um but it's just kind of like the guys who have the most buzz going into it and might be like like consensus ranking wise and i think the top guy out of the guys we're we're gonna talk about uh Burks, Jameson Williams, Christian Watson, Jahan Dawson, Alec Pierce, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, Khalil Shakir, Bill Melton, Bayless Jones Jr. You know, spread it out throughout the draft, not just hitting top, not going top heavy with this episode. I think the top guy that the consensus is on is Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas, even though you could see him slipping into the six, uh, second round. He's a very unique player. Uh, people have compared him to A.J. Brown, a little bit of Debo Samuel. I do see the A.J. Brown comparisons. Um, 
He's six foot two, two hundred twenty five pounds, a big wide receiver like AJ Brown. His his testing wasn't good. He ran a four five five forty, a thirty three inch vertical jump, but he does look faster on the field. He doesn't look like a burner, but you know he had a contested catch versus Alabama and then outran their entire defense. This this past year for Arkansas, he had sixty six catches, eleven hundred yards, eleven touchdowns. He's a big wide receiver who lines up all over the field, slot outside. They line up in the backfield, but he did mostly work from the slot seventy seven percent of the time. Um, his long, his long speed is good, but I think his acceleration is a little bit inconsistent. But he's he's big and he knows how to use that strength. Like uh, versus press, he can release right through you, even though he didn't face a ton of it. He moves through guys and he never gets caught up with those press receivers. Which is there's some guys that I like, but it's like man, when they get pressed up, there's a, there's a little bit to be wor- worried about. And that's um, a common theme throughout the entire draft class. Bobby is okay. Yeah, this guy's fast. He's got game breaking speed. Blah blah blah. But even some of the the bigger physical guys, well, they get locked up in press. How are they going to do with more physical corners? How are they going to do with more physical corners? And I felt like I was just deja vu with every single, you know, I, I you know, you look at some scouting reports just to confirm what I'm, you know, what you're, what we're seeing. Traylon Brooks does not have that issue of of, of being out physical or being, uh, you know, losing that battle at the line of scrimmage due to press. Yeah, and. He's really strong through contact, and he gets a lot of yak, and, and he gets, a, you know, like in different types of ways. He's got a nasty stiff arm where he just throws mm. people off his body. Um, you put him in back shoulder contested catch situations, he's got just great body control for him. He's a good leaper and really knows how to high point the ball. I think he gets in and out of his routes quickly, but he does struggle to separate at the, you know, before the stem, you know, which is, means like he's got good breaks on it, but like that release, um, sometimes he's got build-up speed. Um, and I do think there's at times versus man coverage, he just really struggles to separate, but also he does the contested catch stuff. And then you put him in the slot and let him like be that big slot. So there's ways to work around that. Um, and I think his route tree is pretty limited. You watch him versus Alabama. Like he dominated that game. Like he had mm-hmm. a dominant performance. And the last note I have on him is, and I don't say this for without just like really seeing it. He has really bad blocking effort and bad body language at times. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and, and again, if, if uh, if I can't get a read on your blocking, like I just don't put a note on on there. And if you're a good blocker, I put on it. Like, but he has really bad blocking effort and bad body language at times. Yeah. He's a freak. I mean, <laughs> Traylon Burks is is just a freak of a football player. He's a freak of an athlete. Um, so what I what I love to really compare sometimes is. Well, is your production scheme related or is it simply, you know, are you just a really good football player? Can you dominate? And Traylon Burks was definitely both where the scheme at Arkansas and the quarterback play wasn't the best, but he did, you know, kind of utilize the scheme plays of, hey, we're just scheming the ball to you here. But his individual effort also did a lot of his talking in his production, too. He was ninth in the nation in screen yards, fourth in the nation in yards after the catch per reception. And his average depth of target was less than 10. He accounted for 37% of Arkansas's receiving yards over the last two seasons. 37% of receiving yards over the last two seasons. 82.9% of career snaps have either come from the slot in line or backfield in this heavy Arkansas RPO scheme. And you know, him being used in, like in the backfield as well, kind of used as like a bigger, more physical Debo Samuel, which there's there's a decent amount of guys in this draft class who, you know, they're adding that skill set to their part of that game where they're lining up in the backfield, they're getting sweeps, and guys are doing more and more of that. So I really like Traylon Burks, Bobby. Um, he is on the list right now. It's still relatively short, but he is on the short list of guys that if he's there at 36, 
slamming the fist at the table, possibly and picking him up. And he definitely should not be there at 36, though. He like he this Traylon Burks should be a first round pick. Do you think so? I'm I'm not as high on him as everybody else, and there's a lot of projecting with him. But um, I have five guys ahead of him. Um, and I know it's 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 a very unique play style, and, and that might be the hangup I'm having on him. But you know, there may not go be any wide receiver that goes in the top ten, and I just see other guys that are better um, to me. You know, like I I like uh, the next guy we're talking about uh, a little more. Um, you know, I like Olave more. I like the you know I like both the Ohio State guys more. I like London more. Um, I like Alex Pierce out of Cincinnati more. Alex Pierce, I've kind of fallen in love with. Over the last couple of days watching him, you know, when I was watching Ritter and then went and watched down, uh, broke down his film individually. But like with this, because like we had that conversation at the top, like these guys are all so different. They do different things. You can make the argument for wide receiver one and me not having him there. I can, I'm not going to be like, you're wrong. Whereas like if yeah. we're talking about the edge class and it's a Trayvon Walker conversation, it's like, I feel comfortable saying you're wrong. Or if we're talking about the tackles and his cross, like I, I feel with Burks, like if you tell me, He's the guy who I don't have as in the top five wide receivers, believe it or not. But if you told me he's your wide receiver one, I'm not blinking at that. Again, it's a combination of how are you used in scheme and then what are what are you able to do outside of scheme too? And Arkansas using him as both their intermediate option with the screen game, where he's not the fastest guy in the world, he's not the quickest guy in the world, but still productive in that sense. And also maybe not using him enough in those contested catch situations. Now, I thought that was curious that PFF only had seven contested catches from him this year. I'm pretty sure there was like two or three in that Alabama game alone where it was like contested catches, back shoulder catches. So not sure what they're measuring there as usual. But Arkansas used him in way in different ways than maybe he's going to be used in the NFL. I don't know if that made any sense what I just said. No, it does. Like they're they're gonna. It's gonna be different. And there's there's a lot of projecting with this player, which I guess is sometimes you know what some things I have I have struggles with. It's like how do I project this guy to the NFL? Because um, it's not just place him in. You know, like a lot of these watchers, like you just place him in, you line him up. You know, Tony was actually in this conversation last year, where it's like I you know, um, you know, I I didn't have Tony as my fourth receiver. Uh, after those three guys and he ended up being the fourth receiver but it's like you're not mad at it. it's like well because tony can do things that other guys can't do yeah that you had ahead of him and i think Traylon burks, burks falls burks in that in category. The same category yeah you absolutely know, where it's like you understand it. like you may it may have not been the pick that you made but you understand it so if, again uh do i think he's when you're comparing to every other position and every other player and then the other wide receivers do i think if i did a mock and it was just by what i do would i put him in the first probably not probably be early second but if a team picks him 12th or 13th, I don't think you you flinch at that either. No. Uh, Leo Chanel or Traylon Burks? Burks. Hmm. There's other line, there's linebackers that you like. Um, you could say the same thing about wide receiver. I know, but, but wide receiver like is going to bring more impact to inside linebacker. Um, I would I would probably go Burks. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a better argument for there's more linebackers that you like in the draft fits better with the linebacker than wide receiver because Burks is more of that physical freak. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that. I, w- I would go Burks. And I mean, in my mock draft, I took a wide receiver um, who uh, I guess we could talk about him next instead of we can go a little out of order since yeah. the guy who I took um, with the round two pick 36 
in my uh, draft month mock draft. And that's Christian Watson, wide receiver out of North Dakota State. Now, this is a guy that you're going to have to project a lot because he played against horrible, horrible um, competition. Uh, you know, like he was just was fast and everyone. But he's six foot four, two 208 pounds, 32 and a half inch arms. Shows up to the combine, runs a 4'3", 6", 38-and-a-half-inch uh, vertical jump. This past year, 4th North Dakota State, he put up 800 yards, 7 touchdowns on 18.3 yards per catch, but also had some rushing yards, too. He's got he's a big wide receiver with a, with great speed, and he accelerates quickly. Like, that 4'3", isn't just a long strider who does the test well in the 40 time, my man. That speed shows up, and he's going to be a constant, constant deep threat. He's going to be a constant deep threat. He's vis- physical versus jam corners. If you want to go watch it, go watch him versus Senior Bowl. I mean, he literally, a, a corner tries to press him up, and he puts him in the dirt and gets open, uh, and then uh, Kenny Pickett underthrows him, but he makes the he makes the catch and turns it into like a 32-yarder. Like, he's he's physical. He's a great le- leaper, but I do think he can mistime his jumps. Uh, uh, so there's, that's something he needs to come uh, get back to uh, better at, but he does contort his body well and make back shoulders and those contested catches. He's just a smooth runner, man. A smooth runner. And he gets a lot of yak. And they even use him on sweeps. You know, and again, it's a, it's, a, it's against lesser competition. But you can just tell. Like, this dude is flying, man. Like, you can see this happening versus Division One talent. You know, it's like, okay, well, how does he run as a route runner? I don't think I th- think he gears down too much at the stem. Uh, but I do think his breaks need to be quicker and, and less steppy. Like, there's just kind of two more steps. And then there's there's times where he does stumble at coming out of his release. And it, I, I think his releases need work overall. But those are things you work on at the next level. Now, there's drop concerns. I don't have the exact numbers, but he did have, like, a, a pretty high uh a drop rate you know i I didn't see in the games that i watched but that those are there i guess according to the numbers Yeah, Um, he has uh he has more career drops than touchdowns okay that's that's not good uh but i mean but a lot of other guys in this draft class also have more career drops than touchdowns too but yeah in the quick games, he uses the size of box out players and slants, curls, and outs, and then obviously has the speed for those. And he's a very willing blocker. And this isn't something that I can attest to, but everyone says he's a really good teammate. All right, this is going to come as a hot take, but I have him as the wide receiver one in this class. <laughs> I mean, that speed, size, apparently mm. he's a guy that works hard, and the things that he needs to get better at is getting out of his releases better. And you know, being le- uh, being less, uh, ha- you know, like less ste- uh, steps at the stem of the route, but he's quick in and out of them. Like all the things you can't teach, he has. Yeah. And the things that he doesn't necessarily have right now, which aren't even horrible, they just need work. Uh, are the teachable things with Christian Watson? I know it's a. I just talk about projection, but I, you know, I try to not fall in love with the big guys. But man, this is a big guy with speed. Like it's it's impossible to not fall in love with him. Like I. I, I really think I, I I have him as the wide receiver one. I like I like him more than Drake London. I don't think Drake London has that top speed, even though he is a good receiver. And I have him as the second guy. We're not going to talk about him. You know, the next guy we're going to talk about. I think he's got issues to his game. Olave gets no yak. Garrett Wilson is a very sloppy player, although he's exciting. I like Watson as wide receiver one in this class. Talked about things that you can't teach. Relative athletic score, ten out of ten. Um, one of the first players besides Jordan Davis that. You know, we're really taught. Well, we didn't even talk about Jordan Davis. One of the first players that I'm really looking at um, that had that relative athletic score of a 10 out of 10. And Christian Watson has it, you know, six. You know, here's the thing, Bobby. You said that he's big. Yeah, he's thin. 
he, he he's thin. I mean, he's six four, and that's where you know the the size comes in and, and the height comes in, and that's really really awesome. You love to see you know a guy that can run like that that isn't five ten five eleven. You know, like the the Bow Mountains, Calvin Austins of the world. You know, those guys are really short, but you know, but they also run fast. Christian Watson has that speed, but he also has that height. I mean, him and London are both six four, and London's eleven pounds heavier. Four touchdowns have at least 65 yards in, in 2021. Sweeps and carries at North Dakota State University out of, out of the backfield. He has experience of, of as a kick returner as well. Um, I, I have down, he's he is another add him to the list of guys that I would consider in round one, but you have him down as wide receiver one, so um, you view him as a first-round pick, correct? Yeah, not, not for five or seven, but yeah, well, definitely yeah. as a first-round pick. Just Yeah, just in general. So this is a little bit of nitpicky but I think it has to be asked because um Joe Shane smart tough dependable those three things I feel like that's actually in practice what Joe Shane does and he kind of lives by nitpick compared to some of the other wide receivers in this in this draft class with their injuries but multiple surgeries to prepare uh, to repair a torn cartilage in knee in from 2019 does that fit smart tough dependable uh, I'm not a doctor, know. so I can't answer that exactly, but it was in Correct. 2019, and there's been no issue since then. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess, listen, I, if 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 the Giants doctors or whoever the NFL doctors, you know, see as a red flag, then go for it. But yeah. for me, I kind of just don't dive into that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. But I'm with you. Um, I may not have first round grade on him, but... Second round, he's joining that crowd of he, if he's there day two. Um, I'm excited if his name is called. Yeah, and that's what like when, it's, when my mock I put out, I was like, well, truly BPA uh, over need in round two because it's like, you know, BPA, but it, like need matters. But it's like uh, if Watson's there, man, it'd be hard for me to pass up. Yep. Um, the next guy on this list, who's a lot of people's wide receiver one, who I'm not as high on, but I can I get, like Traylon Burks. It's like I get it because he's fast as hell. Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama, six foot one, hundred seventy nine pounds. He's he's pretty skinny. Had seventy nine uh, catches, almost sixteen hundred yards, and fifteen touchdowns, averaging twenty yards per catch for Alabama this year. I mean, just balled after the two previous seasons at Ohio State when he transferred. He had fifteen catches over uh, two seasons at Ohio State, which I do think is a little more alarming than some people are 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 leading on to. Uh, but he does have field split, splitting speed with just a mate and it gets there quick. Like his startup, his, his long speed is just unreal. Uh, it's not Waddle's speed, but man, it's, it's pretty close. He gets great yak and stride, but I don't think he's actually a tackle breaker. Um, but his speed creates just easy, easy separation downfield versus anyone he faces except for Sauce Gardner, except mm. for Sauce Gardner, even though they didn't match up too many times. I do think he has, uh, too many drops. Um, and I think he struggles to bring the ball in and contest his spots or, or just readjusting, you know, because there was times where it's like he burned his guy, but Bryce Young doesn't throw a perfect ball and the corners are able to gain a little ground. He just wasn't able to readjust to those throws, um, which worries me a little bit because like, you know, what, you're not just going to be running past guys consistently in the NFL. You're not going to average 20 yards per catch in the NFL um, by just running past guys. You got to do more than that. Yep. Uh, when he is jammed up, his releases to me take way too long, way, way too long. Um, and I, I do think that's a, a big time struggle for him. Um, and he does this weird stop and go like high step at the beginning of route. Sometimes I just, I just think he needs to attack DB's hips further before breaking at that stem. I just worry that he'll struggle to uh, uncover in the short concepts, you know, 
Uh, even even on slants, like yeah, if you got if you got a corner playing seven yards off, you run a slant. Yeah, Jamison Williams is gonna ball. He might split all of them sons of guns and go eighty yards. But if he's pressed up on a slant, I worry about him. He's a boomer bust prospect. I think out of all of these guys, if there's anyone who's like this, you can see him booming and being the best in this class, or you could see him fizzling out. And you know, three years from now, he's has fifteen catches for you know his second team, and you know he's battling to make the roster. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, that's Jamison Williams. Yeah, and he tore his ACL in the national championship. Yeah, yeah, forgot to uh, mention that huge thing. Uh, in a there guy too. that's centered around speed, 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 and he tore his ACL in the national championship. So you know, forget year one. Just uh, what is he going to look like, and you know, when is he even going to come back? You're not drafting a guy simply just for year one, but. Will that second year be boom? And then what will he look like after that? You know, because the, again, I always reference the, the, the fantasy football data and wide receivers, you know, fantasy football data can be, can be important for evaluation. You know, the, your second year off the torn ACL is really good, but then do you fizzle out after that? So Jameson Williams, fourth in the nation in yards after the catch per uh, attempt, per catch, 15th in deep catches and fifth in deep yards. I really like when a guy has high yards after the catch numbers, even when their average depth of target is high because again that means that your individual effort you know is is there your the wide receiver separation is going to be less the your higher average depth of target so if your yards after the catch is still high when you're targeted deep down the field that's a really really good sign 11 touchdowns of 30 plus yards uh, was the most in the nation and Bobby you know you mentioned about his time at Ohio State and his time previously this was his first year where he had over 300 snaps. 2020, he had 308 snaps. That was the highest of his collegiate career. So this was really the first year where he boomed. And Alabama, these guys typically do boom if you're going to be getting playing time. So the talent is there, but when you tore your ACL, how are you going to recover? And your game was already predicated on speed? Tough. Um, well, he tore his ACL, and he was behind the depth chart of two wide receivers in this class, on Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Like I, now that can also be th- that can be like oh well that speaks well to those guys but you know what you know I I want more than nine catches behind those guys you know like you you could you could have given me more than nine catches in 2020 uh, behind those guys with Justin Fields as your quarterback and I like Alave a lot Wilson I'm a little up and down on but you see the talent there and obviously that's going to show up in college that means something to me that's not just like well those guys are so good like no. Jameson Williams, if he's the top wide receiver, if he's a first-round wide receiver in this class, even pre-ACL, you got to explain to me why he didn't get on the field at Ohio State. Like, that needs, if you're, if you're, you know, we're not going to get that uh, reasoning uh, on the outside looking in, but if you are, you know, uh, a you know, scout GM, you need, to, you need to know, why didn't he see the field at Ohio State? Chris, Christian Watson was a nitpick with the smart, tough, dependable thing, but Jameson Williams... Definitely does not fall under the category of smart, tough, dependable, at least right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the ACL, but it's, I, I do think he'll recover kind of well for he Look, he's getting the work already. Uh, obviously, not going to be running full speed. All right, Justin, Um, I'm going to read the ad. Who yeah. do you want to hit after this? J- uh, Alec Pierce or Jahan Dotson? I have Pierce rated higher, but Dotson is probably more consensus, more rated higher consensus-wise, and we have a lot of Penn State people in the fan base. And I like Dotson, too, by the way. Forgetting our friend George Pickens, too. Yeah, but I got him after those cats. Let's do, uh, let's do Pierce. Okay. All right, well, baseball fans, 
it's time to step up to the plate with DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball, new customers get just $5 on any team to win, uh, or bet just $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take a swing at Stacks of Green. That's money, people, with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Baseball Contest. Draft. New customers can play free for thousands in, in prizes. Uh, with their first deposit. Pick a lineup of two pitchers and eight batters while staying under the salary cap and rack up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. How are the Yankees doing? I saw they went 2-1 and one in the first year. It looks like Stanton's balling. Are they Are they good? Yeah, th- there's some concerns in the back of your brain about, hey, can they play good defense over time? Hey, can they hit? Oh, got lit up. Can they hit with runners in scoring position, you know, and can they put, you know, contact? Well, the problem wasn't the first series wasn't hitting the baseball. It was just, can you score with runners in scoring position? And if you're not hitting home runs, can you still score runs? So uh, we'll see with those jankies. Cole got lit up too. DraftKings is safe, yeah. secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 and win $200 in free bets if your team wins their game. That's promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. 21 plus restrictions apply. MLB trademarks used with permission. See show notes for details. All right, next on this wide receiver preview, we're going to talk about my guy. I have him as wide receiver four in this list. Uh, And I saw that Chris Sims uh, had him as wide receiver three in this class. And I was like, I watched him when I was watching Ritter, and he looked, he did look pretty good. But it was like, is he, you know, it's like I wasn't focusing in on him at all. Um, and I agree with Chris Sims. Uh, you know, and, and Chris Sims has Jameson Williams as wide receiver one, so it's not just, you know, agreeing with Chris Sims. But, like, I think there's, like, legitimately, legitimacy to his, uh, to his, like, ranking of him. That's Alec Pierce, wide receiver, Cincinnati. Six foot three, 211 pounds, 33 inch arms. Went to the combine, balled out at that, had a 4-4-140, a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical jump. This past year for Cincinnati, had 884 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, modest production a couple years before that, but was putting out production for them. And I think he has an amazing combine that pairs with what you see on tape versus top dogs. Go watch him versus Alabama and Notre Dame. I think he was held back by Desmond Ritter. Like I, and I'm not, and I'm not a Desmond Ritter fan. I think he was held back by Desmond Ritter. Uh, versus Ban- for versus Notre Dame, he had like 140, 150 yards. He could have had over 200 in that game, and another touchdown. But Desmond Ritter just missed him, underthrew him. Versus Alabama, he just wouldn't throw it his way. Part of that was the patch protection up front, you know. But it's like he was burning Alabama. He was open all game. There's a touchdown where Ritter missed him. Now he did have one drop on a slant that was really high. Uh, which is like you shouldn't be overthrowing a slant, but he did get his hands on it and they did drop it. But like he won his uh, his matchups versus Alabama and Notre Dame, which was the best competition that he uh, he saw at Cincinnati. Um, you know, like, like Sauce Gardner, like dominated those two opponents. Uh, he seems like a wide receiver that just knows how to get open. Uh, I think he's a deep threat with his speed and he's got good get off of the line of scrimmage. He's able to make those contested back shoulder catches. His big catch radius makes him a red zone threat. He stacks well. Like if he beats you off over the top, he's got the speed and he's going to stack and get in front of you um, and box out a DB and know how to do it. I think he's got a variety of releases and he'll make press corners pay. Um, you know, he may sometimes struggle with press a little bit. I don't think it's an issue. Um, but if but he's if, also not 180 pounds. 
Yeah, but if you make him pay, like he's gonna, he's gonna, he's or if you press him, he's gonna make you pay. Like you might get with it a rep, a rep or two, but he will make you pay. Um, now route running, I think he does gear down a lot with his uh and and his breaks, and sometimes will stumble out of his breaks. But uh, I do think his routes are overall ran pretty crisply, and he breaks them off flat, just not the super quick um, that you would like to see. I think. Um, in the quick game, I think he runs those quick game routes very quickly with great timing. Um, he understands zone and finding the hole that sits in. And also bl- blocking. You know, he takes every blocking rep seriously. Like, I think he's, like, like, you know, he's got the size. He's got the speed, speed, and he does a lot of things well. He's a very well-rounded wide receiver. Um, I think he's going to, I have him as, you know, I, I have Olave, London, and, and Watson over him. I think he could develop into a solid, very good wide receiver too. That's what I think Alec Pierce can be. And it's, and especially because I can just visualize him on the giants. Whereas it's that you're not a guy that's going to get pushed around, but you're again, a, another athletic freak where, you know, you're, you're six, three, 211 pounds. You're running a 40 yard dash. Like you're one of these bull mountain Calvin Austin's kind of guys. Again, Jameson Williams, you know, it, it, except you're, Big. You're, you're an athletic freak. Had a 9.98 relative athletic score. 72.5% of catches went for either a first down or a touchdown. I have sharp breaks as part of my notes as well. Bobby, here's my question to you. Just kind of maybe reaching for a talking point, but is there a value to facing Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, those two kind of corners and practices every day for a couple years? Absolutely. Absolutely, especially Sauce, man. You know, we're going to talk about Calvin Austin later, and I watched his matchup with Sauce Gardner in 2020, and it's like, good lord, it's like Sauce just, he dominates everyone who he goes against. And I know Calvin's not on, on the same, comp, you know, level, you know, but it's like, like you know, he ru- like he ruined stuff, he ruined stuff for them. Um, and it just you just couldn't throw it at Sauce Gardner. So, yes, I do think that helps out a ton. Like, I really do think, like, he is going up against the best corner in this draft every single day when where when you saw guys like Jamison Williams struggle with that although not may not uh, been very many reps um you know the Notre Dame cats struggled with that uh you know where like Pierce like you got to learn to deal with it you know you got to learn to deal with it and deal with that press uh and be able to you know once you get past a guy to not just be fast but to stack that guy and know how to box him out yeah I'm I'm not crediting all of his success to facing Sauce Gardner um but again, but I, re- I I felt Alex Pierce was totally let down by his QB. And then, you know, when you're playing Bam, his offensive line as well. And I think he's also perfect for Brian Dable's system, too, in a system that is full of crossing routes. Um, I think he has a lot of experience catching footballs over the middle of the field, even if it's one of those routes where he's starting to run like it's a crossing pattern, but then he curls in the middle of the field. He has a lot of experience catching the ball over the middle of the field, which there's a lot of guys in this class where maybe it's too centered on catching it over the middle field or it's too centered on catching balls over the sideline, catching the ball solely deep, where I feel like he's balanced in that regard in his ability to win, his ability to get open, his ability just to catch the ball um, overall. He's just Whether well-rounded. He's more yes. well-rounded than most of the receivers in this class. Absolutely. You know, he he does he does everything. And again, yep. there's this game isn't flawless. But it's like he's got the speed. You can argue, people argue that his his you know his testing is better than his actual ability. But I don't agree with that. Like again, watch him versus go if you can get all twenty two tape of him versus Alabama, not just the 
the broad. If you're watching the broadcast version, you're not going to see this. But if you can get all 22 of him versus Alabama, you're going to see him open all game and Desmond Ritter not going his way. Mm. All game. All yep. game and Desmond Ritter not going his way. And even on the broadcast, you're going to see like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he missed him. I can't believe he didn't throw it to him in these situations. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like this guy. I have him fourth in this class. And do I feel super confident in that? No, because there is a lot of, you know, there is, you know, Burks. There's a lot of these guys, but I feel, I, I, I like him. And I'm willing I'm willing to stick, stick out my, I know, I, I feel very confident he's going to be a really good wide receiver. Um, and I'll stick out my neck on yep. that at least. Um, but right now he's projected like late second, third round, which is surprising to me. I don't, I don't know why. Let's do it. Let's do it. Can't get a Christian Watson, Traylon Burks, round two. Let's do it. You know, get oh, another. Oh, he's there round three. That's you know, bang the table pick right there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next on this, uh, on this list is is a guy that we've actually kept track of for a while. Watching Pat Fryermuth last year, really, this guy just stood out. I was like, man, he's just he's just a really good wide receiver, um, and I like him a lot. It's Jahan Dotson, wide receiver out of Penn State. He's five foot eleven, one hundred seventy eight pounds. Uh, ran a four four three forty, thirty six inch vertical. He just put up production after production at Penn State this past year. Ninety one catches, twelve hundred yards, twelve touchdowns. He played outside at uh, Penn State, but he's to me he's got to play slot wide receiver in the NFL, and I think he's going to f- do that really well. Um, part of it, he's got good, not great speed for his size, um, but he is sufficient. Like he will make big plays. You know, you can put him over the middle of the field. He'd be a great leaper in stride, and he has these acrobatic catches. And again, I think he's a slot receiver. Doesn't mean you can't line him up at uh, outside of times and then give him some free releases. Um, and I think his hands are great. I mean, he just makes wild plays. Like he makes these. There's some one-handed catches he makes. There's these leaping plays. It just makes insane types of plays, and he really knows how to tempo his routes. Uh, you know, tempo of speed and, and, and vary his speed up uh, through his routes and manipulate zone def- manipulate zone defenders really, really well. Um, gets in and out of his breaks smoothly. But, and this is the main thing of why he needs to be a slot receiver, not necessarily uh, just the speed or the size. He gets r- bullied first press. Like, he, he gets, he really, really struggles uh, versus press defenders. And... I don't think he's going to have that ability to stack NFL cornerbacks uh, when he's lined up on the outside. Um, you know, like, so even when he does get a win versus press or if a little bit of a, if the corner's playing off, I just don't think he's going to be able to stack those corners and be that deep threat. Um, you know who he's a player who remi- reminds me of, and I hate doing this because it's for Giants people. He reminds me of Sterling Shepard. He really does remind me of Sterling Shepard. Um, and I think he's good with the ball in his hands getting yak. Um, and he's got a knack for being an outlet on bro, uh, broken plays. And his QB and his offense were horrible. Like the Penn yeah. State QB was horrible, and their offensive line was really bad. Um, and he was still able to put up 91 catches. So, listen, I'm not as high as, uh, on him as I was, as, as much as I thought I would be in going into this. Like, I thought I was going to be like Jahan Dotson, first round wide receiver, super underrated. I do think he's a second round guy. Um, but, like, I think you can plug him in in the slot and he can be a contributor day one. You're going to fall in love with the athletes, but Jahan Dotson's not the insane athlete that some of these other guys that, that we have been that we have been talking about. He wins by route running, body control, and elusiveness. Those are the best parts of his games. Um, I will say, though, between the route running, you know, his wide catch radius, his reliability, consistency, hands. I mean, he has the potential to be a quarterback's best friend. And it's funny how you brought up Sterling Shepard. Has Sterling Shepard not been Daniel Jones's best friend with that 
high catch rate and reliability go-to guy on third down. Uh, Dotson certainly has that potential to be the quarterback's best friend. Yeah, and I, I think that will be how he's painted, where will the whole NFL be just like, Jahan Dotson's that dude? No, I don't think they will. But I think fans of whatever team he's on is going to be like, this guy's extremely underrated working from the slot. Um, you know, if he ends up on a winner, then that will be amplified. Uh, but I just think, I think you got to, you put him in the slot. Um, he struggles with that press, uh, you know, press corner. But again, he has that route running ability. He's got the catch radius. He's got the ability to uh, get yak after the play. You know, you can even throw him back as a returner if you really wanted to. Like, I think Jahan Johnson's just a good football player, you know, at the end of the day. You know, he's not your prototypical, you know, X receiver, but I think he's just a good overall football player. Um, and he's a, a very safe pick for a team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, you know, and, and you're like you said, QB's best friend. Like a QB is always going to be able to trust Jahan Dotson. He's going to know where Jahan Dotson is. Jahan's timing is not going to be messed up uh, if you're putting him in the slot and he's just going to be a trusted player. Um, and he was able to put up production, make big plays at Penn State, and he'll make big plays in the slot as well. Uh, he just doesn't have like that burner speed or or the size to right. really be that everyday X outside wide receiver. So, all right, next on this list is a very interesting player, a player we talked about in our way too early draft preview. And that's Georgia. This guy is like defines what it means to be a dog. That's George Pickens, six foot three, one hundred ninety five pounds, thirty two inch arms. Ran a four four seven forty. Didn't play much this past year. He uh, he he tore his ACL and and, and spring this past season. Uh, you know, and and he's he's kind of a trouble player. Like I I have on a note with him, and I wrote this down not as a joke, and then I look back and I laugh. I was like, plays with an edge to him. Literally fiery. fought Georgia Tech. Fiery player. Yeah, fiery player, which I love. Which I love. If you could get that under control, I love those type of players. But it's like you gotta you know you gotta trust it. Um. Speed-wise, I think his long speed is pretty damn good, but his get-off is undoubtedly slow, and it even looked even slower post-ACL. I just my, – my worry about George Pickens is cornerbacks, I just think, are just going to be able to stay in his hip at the pro level. I really think he's going to have issues just cornerbacks in his hips. But with that, he's an amazing contested catch wide receiver. I think he's the best contested catch – when he's healthy, the best contested catch wide receiver in this class. He makes insane acrobatic catches, and it's just catch radius overall is insane. He makes wild, wild catches. Like, uh, you know, so it's like we're talking about a guy who was going third round, um, and it's like he might be the best contested catch guy in the whole damn class. Um, but I think he's got a lot of things he can get better at, but he does need to get better. Like, he, his press gives him some issues, um, and people will ac- account that to his frame. I just think he needs to really work on it and work on his releases. Um, and there's times when he does win and doesn't stack the uh, corner. I keep on saying stack, and maybe I should explain it for people, not everyone to stack. It's essentially getting in front of the cornerback once you you know beat him, you know where he's trailing directly behind you and not on your side. Um, like so, and that's what I was talking about, where the cornerback's just stay in his hip. Um, I think his route running is average, but he does have good bursts out of his breaks. Um, but I think he, ta- I think he telegraphs his routes again. There's some good stuff. There's some really good route running, but I think it's inconsistent. He telegraphs it. Um, and then as a blocker may not be necessarily what you call a good blocker, but he sure as hell brings intensity to it. Like he's got some bully reps. Like he, he plays with an edge to him. And I, I, I fall in love with those type of players. They're dangerous, but I do fall in love with them. Um, and he's got, again, he, he can, you know, you can claim that he has the best contested catch ability in this class. Kenny Galladay 2.0. 
what we just described as Kenny Galladay. Yes, that is that. Yes, exactly. You know, and I hate to compare every player to you know a Giants player, but like that scouting report is Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Like um, guys can stay in his hip sometimes. You know, struggles to stack. You know, but he's got you know good long speed, but his get off is a little slow. You know, his route running is inconsistent. There's routes where it's like great route, and there's others one where like that was was pretty bad. And there's you know there's two you're telegraphing where you're going. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to project Kenny Galladay success, but play style like it's Kenny Galladay play style. Yeah, there's also an interesting conversation when it comes to draft people about. When you're going to be looking for a wide receiver, what do you look for? Do you avoid the contested catch guys? Do you target the contested catch guys? Because that's something that you know you can see that they can do. You can measure. It's like, well, this is this is how they go up and they can get the ball and they're aggressive. So I think I'm more on the side of not not avoiding the contested catch guys, but right now it's it's not they're not right for the Giants. Like the Giants don't need that guy. They may need that guy in you know two years from now because Kenny Galladay may not be on the football team. But right now, they don't need that guy. They need that guy that can kind of take the top off with speed, and that can be a little bit more of that intermediate option. George Pickens, I don't think, is uh, is that intermediate option uh, on the outside for the Giants right now. And also, smart, tough, dependable. You know, is he smart, tough, dependable with the torn ACL and, you know, spitting in guys' eyes in 2019 uh, when he has water in his mouth? I kind of love that dog in there. But at the same time, I'm, we got to wait and see a little bit with the Shane Smart Tough Dependable stuff. Because we got we just got to – that sounds good, but like we kind of need to see some draft classes before we like, like give him a like, oh, well, he's not going to draft yeah. this type. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see it. You know, like the first year of the Joe Judge era was like, oh, we don't get anyone who has an injury history. And the next season is like we're getting only guys who have injury histories. <laughs> um you know, whereas like we crossed off a lot of guys in the 2021 free agency uh, and draft. And it's like, that's not the way they went about this at all. But if it's round three, pick 81, you haven't picked a receiver. If they take Pickens, like I'm celebrating that pick. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this was a guy that we did talk about in May. And I'm pretty sure by the time that we decided that we were going to talk about him, Bobby, in our way too early 2022 draft preview, we decided we were going to talk about him. He didn't tear his ACL. Then, no, he did tear his ACL before that because I had it in my yellow too, way too early notes. Well, I was, but then by the time that we recorded it, he did tear his ACL. Like yes. that's that's what I was that's what I was thinking. So, okay. um, and he was being projected as you know one of the best wide receivers in the in the class. So if you can get him in the third round, and you're going to bet on traits and you're going to bet on what he can do. So, yeah, and hopefully he's not a total child maker. Like he's a yeah, he's. He's nuts. He's insane. And I yeah. kind of love, I kind of gravitate towards insane people. Uh, hence our Kadarius Tony conversation earlier. Mm-hmm. All right, let's hit the next guy on the list, um, and then you could do your ad. And the next guy on this list is someone I'm not going to fall in love with, but man, he's intriguing. And that's Calvin Austin, wide receiver out of Memphis, five foot eight, 170 pounds. Those guys are rarely successful. But let's read some stuff off. 40 time, 4-3-2, fifth best in the entire NFL, uh, NFL combine. Uh, his shuttle, 4-0-7, uh, third best in the NFL uh, combine. His three-cone drill, 6-6-5, fourth best in the, in the entire NFL combine. Uh, his broad jump, second best in the NFL combine. His vertical jump was 39 inches, which was third best out of the wide receivers and was like eighth best in the entire combine. Um, put up a back-to-back 1,000-yard receiving seasons for Memphis. 
He's an excellent athlete in all areas. And we watched him down the senior bowl. And when you put him in one-on-one matchups where you're, you know, uh, he looked the best out of there because it's like, okay, that's where he, what he does shines. He's got great speed matched with great get off. Um, but I do think he can be a one speed player at times. And his, but his cuts are instant. They're smooth. There's no slowdown. He can murder you on double routes, but he just needs to become a better football player. Like I think he needs a temperous pace for his zones. And here's, let's not, let's, uh, let's, uh, address the elephant that's not very uh, big in the room he's small and that size is a major issue and it shows up he's not going to win you any 50 50 balls he really struggles with press but if again if you do press him and he makes you pay like he'll make you pay real bad so that like that's that's the elephant in the room with a guy like calvin austin it's like how much are you gonna bet on a guy who's five foot eight 170 pounds and we just don't see that win we don't see that win uh, we don't see guys with that light win in the NFL. And De- that was the Devontae Smith argument last year. Like, oh, those guys don't uh, win. They're that light. But definitely guys that are that short and that light like Calvin Austin. So, again, he's going to have some amazing reps. Uh, he can have some game-changing plays. But I here's my thing. I think Calvin Austin will be a guy who will last a long time in the NFL. But you'll look at it, and he has every year it's about like 17 catches. Uh, 320 yards and two touchdowns. Like, I think that's the Calvin Austin career. Uh, so, so again, I, I, there's things to fall in love with him, but I'm not going to fall in love with him as a player. Even John Ross is 5'11", 194. And Calvin Austin's 5'8", 170. Like, I was thinking, oh, let's, uh, let's try and compare John Ross here. And even simply just what John Ross did for the Giants in 2020, which was take the top off, have some really nice explosive plays, but then also, like, every time the ball was thrown to John Ross, like, I, I feel like something good happened where it was a first down and he created a lot of separation with comeback routes on the sideline. And that's really the only place where Jason Garrett wanted to throw the ball was near the sideline. <laughs> so uh, I, I thought maybe Calvin Austin can do that. But, yeah, that's 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 very, very light. Um, but he, he's he's an ultra-exciting player. That bothers me more. He, he's an ultra-exciting player that I think – People should get excited for. Will NFL teams get excited? I don't know, but um, one of the more exciting wide receivers, one of the more exciting day three players in the draft. I think he'll have a long career because one, he has returner value too. Yeah, um, like I think he's going to be in the NFL for a while. I don't think he's going to flame out of the NFL, but I just think at the end of the day, you're going to look at his stats, and every team that gets him is going to fall in love with him, and, and you know, in the off season. But it's just you're going to look back at it, and it's like most of those stats are just mediocre and uh, he'll add value to an NFL team but I don't know if he's again and this is what we're doing we're not talking we're not all all talking about top prospects wide receiver one wide receiver two guys um that's not what we try to do with these um but that hype worries me but at the same time like you get a guy who's just an unreal athlete and can just embarrass corners in the NFL yeah Five receptions of 50 plus yards I think I would rather have a guy like Calvin Austin versus a guy who is bigger slower not as athletic and just can't do anything though was that fair yeah and that's why we're talking like i'd see him as like late third early fourth you know oh i see him later i see him date like yeah day three fifth sixth yeah i guess he probably will fall but like there's a guy like Demetric felton from last year who was a smaller guy and cleveland found some uh, use out of him at ucla i like calvin austin way more than i like a guy like uh felton okay um, who, who was that smaller frame you know so again i, I don't know how great of a career he's gonna have um, but I do think he'll have good use in the NFL. All right, right on. All right, read the ad, and then we'll talk about Khalil Shakir. All right. Who I love, by the way. Love Khalil I Shakir. I like him, too, even though he's a bad athlete. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, a, a good football player. 
Love, love that little cliche phrase when somebody's a bad athlete. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Live events are back, which means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code GIANTS. Buying Charlotte tickets to Charlotte Motor Speedway. It's now called the Coke 600. I am using promo code GIANTS. I am going to SeatGeek. I'm buying five tickets. So you should be buying tickets with SeatGeek. If you're going to a baseball game, Met game, Janky game, if you're going to Nets playoffs, you should be using SeatGeek. SeatGeek rates every ticket from 0 to 10 to make sure you are getting a good deal. Green means good, red means bad. Every ticket on SeatGeek is backed by their buyer guarantee, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. So, make sure you use code GIANTS $20 off at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS at SeatGeek. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. How are the races this weekend? cold um <laughs> that going to that martinsville race um it was it was 35 degrees windy it was like attending a giants game it was it was a fun race even though the race the race was bad i just love going to nascar races the race was bad it was cold terrible experience but i still had fun may 27th charlotte north carolina memorial day weekend be there for our live show um once the draft's over, I'm going to start promoting that like ruthlessly. Oh, yeah. I'm going to start preparing for it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited for it. All right. Next on this list. And I thought we were like, hey, we're going to go under an hour. We're not going under an hour. Khalil Shakir, wide receiver out of Boise State, six foot, 196 pounds, 29 inch arms. That's not a good frame. Uh, ran a 4'4", which isn't bad. Had a 34 and a half inch vertical jump. Pit up a, a 1,100 yards for Boise State, uh, but not, not, not great catch rates, but that also comes with QB. I think he's a shifty wide receiver who can work outside, but is mostly going to be a slot guy. Um, and that's what he was at Boise State. Uh, adequate NFL speed to me, but he's not going to run away from anyone. But that being said, he's very quick and sudden in his get-off, but he's just, he's just not going to test DBs. Uh, and and he, he'll struggle to separate versus man coverage uh, with his athleticism issues. But his route running is just beautiful, and he can work the entire route tree. He's just very polished. He flips his hips, uh, yeah, flips his hips very quickly. Um, when he's playing through uh, zone, he tempers the speed really well. Uh, he works leveraged. Uh, you know, if, you know, he sets up double. Like I think he's just a really good wide receiver. He sets stuff up, nice stutter step, and and sell the top of his stem. Uh, just, and you get him the ball in his hands, and he's like, you think, oh, not a great athlete. Like he's very shifty out of the catch and fights yeah. for every single yard. And 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 uh, you know, it, it won't be ever be a strength of him, but he can make some contested catches. Uh, and and they use him in multiple ways. So like Khalil Shakir's like man like like you said like the cliche just a good football player I I agree with it like I don't think that's just a cliche for a guy who's got some, maybe not some great athleticism but I do think Shakir is again we're talking about how deep wide receivers their class are this guy's gonna go you know three four five somewhere in, in that range but it's like I think this guy could come in and produce you know on on his rookie contract and and you know. Be, you, whatever fan base gets him is going to be excited about him. Yeah, uh, you know, three years from now, the uh, fan base is going to be excited because especially you turn on the highlight tape and there are some real wow plays with insane circus catches and yards after the catch plays. Um, he has plus plus instincts to make guys miss. Plus, he's really solid at finding holes over the middle of the field. Fourteen missed tackles and six yards after the catch per reception this past year. Um, I think he is a kind of player, Bobby, where he is relentless. And I think he makes up for not being a plus plus athlete with being relentless 
and this is both in his route running and in yards after the catch. Yeah. And I think you kind of have to sometimes think of the game of football like a, like a fight, like, you know, like you're boxing, right? Where we like to talk about defensive ends and, and tackles, how it's a dance and they're fighting throughout the entire game and somebody is going to wear down the other guy. And I almost think wide receiver and cornerbacks, it's almost the same thing, especially if you're facing the same guy over and over again. It's a fight. It's a dance. And you kind of have to wear down your partner. And I think Shakir is going to be the, that kind of guy where in the third and the fourth quarter, when things matter the most, he's going to wear down his guy by going 100% every rep, every rep, every rep. Even if he's not a great athlete, he's going to wear him down. He's not going to take plays off. And then, he'll, boom, that'll be a big play that's going to wind up winning you the game in the fourth quarter. And that stuff, I feel like that really does matter. So he's a love it player for me. Um, high motor, relentless player, like I said. Just a fun football player. Is he? Is it going to translate to the NFL? I don't know. You're probably going to need an offense coordinator that's going to have some creativity to get him involved in certain ways. But fun football player, especially if we're talking about day two, day three. And again, I don't think you even need too much creative. I think you throw him in the slot and let him do slot thing. You know, where it's like it's not all about athleticism. Where route running is that much more uh, uh, important. Where reading zones and finding the holes and things and tempering your speed and understanding coverages means more. Um you know, and, and supposedly, again, I hate reading this stuff and saying this, but like, supposedly, like, he's like a great teammate, like, really works hard type of guy. And, and but that shows up in his play, you know. So, yeah, if someone said that about George Pickens, I'm like, I don't know if I believe that. With Shakir, it's like, okay, that makes sense with the way he plays. Um, and I, I think he can just affect a football game with like doing all of those things rightly, right? Not rightly. Who am I? Um, anyways, um, you know, doing all those things right. Um, without having, without taking the top off of a field, like he, yeah, is he gonna have sixty-yard touchdowns? No, but I think he can be a consistent wide receiver in the slot uh, for a long time. I agree. Next on the list, a guy from our hometown, mm. Rutgers. I love talking about Rutgers, guys. I, I'm a low-key Rutgers fan. Um, you know, I was I was very heavily invested in that Mike Teal. Ray Rice uh, and Brian Leonard team with Greg Schiano and Schiano's back, and I kind of hate him because of the way he used Bo Milton, five foot eleven, one hundred eighty nine pounds. Uh, really, I think if there's one player who's a riser through the Senior Bowl and then the Combine, it might be Bo Melton because at the Senior Bowl he did he uh, performed pretty well down there, and then he went to the Combine, ran a four three four forty thirty inch and vertical six nine eight uh, three cone drill. The issue was it was so he he was the most frustrating wide receiver to watch on film, not because of him, because he was just so limited by the Rutgers offense. It was so run heavy; they ran over fifty percent of the time, and yeah. then the quick and then it was just quick games, like curl route, curl route, hitch route, uh, speed out, speed out. It's like man, this guy just doesn't get to run the route tree with the way this offense is run. But he does have real speed to test you downfield with just awesome get off and he attacks leverage well, gets to the blind spot. So even when you are working those quick game uh, things, Bo Melton does that really well. Um, now, his route running is definitely not great uh, in my mind, but he does work the sidelines well. Uh, but I think his routes can be rounded off too much when he's working inside. His biggest flaw, he just doesn't have the size, one, or the ability to track well in contested situations. There's this time where it's like, man, this is just really bad ball tracking, even when it's not like a super contested, but like you have you know, a corner in, in your hip. But it's like, you, you just did a bad job tracking this ball, and the ball kind of comes into his chest, uh, and he just doesn't snatch it out, out of the air. And like, yeah, he's a good leaper, but I think he missed times it as well. So this is definitely like, you know, we talked about these last couple guys. It's like, oh, maybe, you know, round three, early round four. I do view Mountain as like a fifth, sixth, seventh type guy. Going into this, going into the senior bowl in the combine, I probably had him as like a priority UDFA. 
but you know the the combine doing well at the senior bowl which i think does matter for a guy who was in that rucker system matters and now it's like okay this is a a guy who's going to be drafted on day three yeah and there are there are some people that have bull milton ranked very very high because of they turned on the Rutgers film, and that's partially why he's 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 uh, he's risen in some some draft boards, and he still is. You know, Rutgers isn't a powerhouse, but he still is in like top six, top five in some receiving categories. And this is a school that produced guys like Kenny Britt and Tyquan Underwood, who were NFL pros, you know, for for a little bit. So speed, you're gonna bet on the traits. Uh, he's not uh, Calvin Austin small, but he's not. He he still is relatively small. So he doesn't play big either, you know. Four-year starter at Rutgers. I believe he was a captain last year, so maybe a two-year captain at yeah, Rutgers. Yeah, I've been following so, him for a couple of years. Um, 11 drops the last two years combined and had a case at the drops at the Senior Bowl a little bit, but it was also raining. Yeah, yeah. The, the, he just he doesn't go and snatch the ball out of the air. Like the ball – I've been saying a lot of suspect things on, on this podcast that you mm, clip, but – I've been clipping him, yeah. Yeah, I know, so I don't want to say this, but – it. The ball, it 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 he doesn't mm-hmm. grab it out of the air. It goes into his sure. chest. I, okay. I don't want to say it comes into his chest. Oh, there we um, go. Uh, rest in peace, Anthony. Used to say that all the time when we were doing <laughs> film breakdowns together, and I clipped him like you every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there. So there's there's a. This isn't like a oh he's held back by Rutgers, you know, totally held back by Rutgers. This guy's gonna make the whole NFL look silly. No, like he can have NFL production. But also, like, there's limitations to his game. Yeah. Could be good value day three. How about that? Next on this list. This, is, I think, can be good value, but he is a very confu- confusing player. Bayless Jones Jr., wide receiver out of Tennessee. Six foot, 204 pounds. Finishing off this guy. Ran a 4-3-140. Woo-wee! Uh, played five years in college football. Why? Six. Well, he was, yeah, technically six, because... He was a grad transfer from USC, and he'll be 25 when the season starts, and then he used the super senior year for COVID. Now, his numbers were severely harmed by just horrible QB play at Tennessee. Like, horrible QB play. Where it's like, I mean, there's times where he's, when I say wide open, I'm not talking about like he's got three yards on the guy. He's wide open, and the QB would miss him uh, up the scene. But so, so. You know, I don't look at his number, and his numbers aren't even bad, honestly. Uh, his past season at Tennessee, the years before that, he doesn't have production. Um, mostly work from the slot, but I think he can add, di- like he can be dynamic from it. Where I don't think Khalil Shakir is dynamic, but I think he can be uh, uh, dynamic. Where it's like, hey, he's got great speed to get up the seams. He can split safeties if you put him in the right situation. Um, route running again he's gonna be 25 but it is a little inconsistent but he has some really nice reps and he's got great bursts out of out of his breaks um but also i think tennessee just had the route uh tree limited you know i think it was more scheme than necessarily him but man you watch him and he's just a fun like he's very elusive after the catch uh his contact uh, uh balance which is really good like i think top of of this class like his just ability to move like catch the ball and, and make a move with it um, and obviously he had a lot of kick return experience at USC and Tennessee. He had 122 kick returns um, and two touchdowns uh, between between the, both schools. So he's 20. He's going to be 25 when the season starts. I really do think if Bayless Jones Jr. Bayless Jones Jr. was 22, he'd be talked about a lot more. But he is 25, and I you can't really ignore that. But I think you can get an exciting player in, in you know day three. Shows up all the time in mock drafts for the Giants, like. That that six that six round pick that we got shows up all the time there. Yeah, 
and and well, going, you know, I did prep on him going into Mobile, and I was like, I kind of like this guy. Um, and then in Mobile, it's like, man, he looks like he looked at the best, like the best wide receiver at that t- at times. You know, working on the outside um, was beating guys deep. Like he he performed really well down there, and and like Bo Melton, it's like, okay, it's nice to see this guy without just having to throw little quick screens because that's what Tennessee did with him a lot because they ha- they knew he was a talent used him because their quarterback couldn't throw the ball accurately from fifteen yards down uh, fifteen yards down the field. Like if you just put him with an average QB, he probably has twelve, thirteen hundred yards this past season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if he is going to make a roster, though, and I and I and I can easily see this, and we haven't said this a lot. Very proud of us, um, patting ourselves on the back because we have not said this a lot during our draft previews. He's going to make it on special teams. We have not mentioned special teams as part of our our, our player evaluations this year, and I'm very proud of that. But I'm using it for the first time this time. How about that? We are we 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 done did it. Um, we are an anti-special teams podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think even counting a guy as a returner as is talking about special teams value. Like people that mention like that the annoying like spring up special teams is like a linebacker, gunner. You know Gary Brightwell, guy adds a lot of special team value. It's like really, do, what name me one Gary uh, Brightwell special teams played Arizona. It's like they literally, you literally can't find those. Tough. Um, like they they don't put them together. So don't tell me how great Gary Brightwell is at special teams. Uh, you just don't know that. Uh, YouTube highlight videos of special teams plays. Should we start doing that? Should we start clipping up special teams plays? I think we should hire. I think we uh, not hire. I think we should just find somebody who's such a miserable person that would want to just go through special teams plays and then make highlight plays of those. Honestly, it's a market that is there to be taken, um, but is it, we're though? not we're not going to take it. Do people just um, talk about special teams, but they actually don't know anything about it or actually like it? Exactly, all the time, all the time. Special teams conversations are nauseating because one, people don't know what they're talking about, and two, it's like you don't watch special teams. You don't, um, you know. And then sometimes people, some certain people will talk about special teams to make them see sound see like, oh, I pay attention to all three phases of the game. Like, hearing Joe Judge talk about special teams in those, like, Patriots Life videos that they did, like, after they won Super Bowls and stuff like that, you know, how we, I think it was actually at Rutgers, and talking about the punter, I like to think that I know football, but then I hear somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, they talk about special teams, I'm like, I don't know anything. I know literally zero. Brutal. And I always skip through the special teams portion of the Joe Judge segment. People in 2020, they were making, they're like, oh, you're, you're a loser for doing that. And then in 2021, uh... All of a sudden, people don't care about the Joe Judge report. Mm. All right, we appreciate you guys. This guy's an idiot. All right, we'll see you guys on Friday. We're talking about DBs, right? I believe so. DBs and safeties? Yeah, cornerbacks. Well, DB safeties are DBs. Cornerbacks and safeties. Um, usually, I'm not looking forward to this episode, but I actually am. There's a lot of DBs in this class I, lo- I like yes, talking about. This is like, stacked. Like, I, mean, I love talking about a mod Gardner. You can make um, an argument that cornerbacks and safety should be two separate episodes, but they're not. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.